if um if you stayed all the way through, you'd at least get to the fucking end credits song. I didn't even do that. I walked right out. You got they the credits. Play, I walked out mainly because I had to, mainly because I had to go piss. James Bond, charming, sophisticated secret agent. <laughs> Shaken but not disturbed. <laughs> <laughs> Bond's gone on now for 40 years and other actors have taken part. Why do you think its success is so enduring? The ingredients are all there, full of kind of movie that people want to see. It has very good entertaining value. Uh, For example, it's a spectrum of actors. I mean, from myself to Daniel Craig, who I thought was fantastic. Marvellous in the park. Daniel Craig said he saw all all the films, but he took an immense amount from from your films. Uh, I suppose uh, um, nicked is a good word. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm flattered. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's there to see. And the, the, the danger element, I think he really gets it. Well, boys, we're back. Somewhat back. Somewhat Going back. Going a little out of order. Shaking, shaking out third, the definitive James Bond movie podcast. Uh, obviously, that that was an older uh, clip of the legend himself, Sean Connery, talking about Daniel Craig. Sorry, let me rephrase that. Sir Sean Connery talking about Daniel Craig, who is yet to be knighted, who I do think will be. You know, I mean, the guy escorted the Queen to jump out of a helicopter at the London 2012 Olympics. I don't know how you don't give that guy a knighthood, but uh, just a quick programming note, just a little bit how we do this. So. Obviously, this was a pandemic project. Um, we had a lot of fun during during 2020 into the early portion of 2021. Recorded just about every single one of the bonds. But, you know, like most of you, we have real jobs. Nobody pays us to do this unless you really want to. Um, if you do, you want to pay us anything. You can yeah, we'll take payments. Yeah, you can pay Venmo at Trey W1 uh, on Venmo. <laughs> uh, he'll distribute it amongst us. But, you know, we've got the rest of them are in the can. They're all coming out. But obviously, seeing the fact that they finally decided to put this movie out, we're, we're going a little out of order. So we're going to try to score it on the fly. Uh, most of us have seen it once. I believe Supel has seen it twice, if, if I have that correct. But we're, we're going out of order. But we're going to talk about No Time to Die. Everybody else seems to be doing it. Uh, boys, what's, what's happening? What's going on? Uh-huh. I think you forgot to mention that Supel is willing to get paid in sexual favors as well. I, uh, I, 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 me too. I just assume. Put me on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For those for those playing the uh, the home game, if you want to just Google Florida Man Dash Trade W, you'll find lots of things <laughs> you don't really want to know about. You know, he's also available on OnlyFans slash Shaken Not Stirred. Definitive broadcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're going to talk about no time to die. Like, uh, so, yeah. So I don't, I don't know how you guys did. Um, I, I scored it. I, I used the, you know, the definitive scoring sheet uh, for those looking for the definitive scoring sheets available on our website. Um, I don't think anybody's downloaded it ever. So go fuck yourselves. Um, <laughs> but, you know, clearly you guys don't know how to score movies, but I, I, I scored it. Um, you know, I, we, I don't know where, where we want to, this is you know, a little, a little out of sync, but what do we think here? You guys want to talk overall? You want to talk piece by piece? You know, initial gut reactions? How you I want to start we this? Can, we can talk through the movie. I think we can, you know, mm-hmm. kind of scratch the surface to start just overall what mm-hmm. we thought about it. But we can delve into the, the categories. Um, I personally didn't score it. I probably won't score it until I see it another time or two. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I have enough uh, 
enough info to go off to carry uh, some conversation. Yeah, I didn't score it either, DJ. I'm with you. I saw it once. I'd like to see it at least another time before I score it. Um, I can certainly tell you if I scored it now, it it wouldn't be great. It's low. <laughs> um, it's low. Um, but take it off from the beginning. Uh, I liked the beginning. It kind of had like an eerie, kind of like thrilling beginning with Safin. I was like, you know what? Maybe I like this guy. Beginning was fun. I agree. Yeah. Um, cause we talked about before the movie, we weren't sure how we felt about the mask. Like I thought the mask was kind of silly. Mike really said it in the group chat. It's the Carver from Nick. Look, Tuck. I texted you guys. They, they literally lifted this mask from the Carver from Nick Tuck from 10 years ago. So <laughs> yeah. like from, from, from out the gate, they lost me because I was just like, I don't understand what's, what they're doing here. I think, I think the opening sequence was shot fantastically. I think. Safin in that instance right there was the scariest he was the entire time. Yes. He was never yep. a fucking scary villain at all. I don't I don't think like listen, Remy Malik did the best he can with that character, but it was just a fucking terrible written villain. I mean, look, the uh the director, right? What's Carrie Joji Fukangja, I believe is the name. Yes. I'm totally butchering it. But like he comes from a horror background. So like that opening sequence, there's there's built drama in, in the cinematics. So mm-hmm. you know, they, they did that one well. You know, look, uh, overall, you know, just some overall takes before we dive into it from a uh, from a chronological standpoint. I think you have some of the best acting in the entire movie i think bar none you have some of the best cinematography in Great. all of bond but you have my opinion uh one of the worst plots in bond zero some of the best best score be, the music yeah. music elements some of the yes. some of the best I, not best but the music was some of the best uh, in yes. terms of how it was used for the movie but you know, my own opinion, I think the plot is absolute fucking trash. And I think that this movie would be better served if Safin wasn't even in it. Yeah. Like there's there, he doesn't, there's no purpose to him being in this movie. Like the actual bad guy is the Russian dude that invents the virus. And you'd be better off making Blofeld the bad guy. I'm sorry, Robbie Malik is, is just. You know, he was given shit to deal with. He was given shit to work with. So he gave you a shit performance. You know, he was, it was the best shit performance that he could give you, but, right. but the character sucked. The character was fucking irrelevant. Like there was no purpose for him to be there. There was no purpose for him. Spoiler alert for anybody. Anybody listening to this fucking podcast has probably seen this movie about five times. So for an irrelevant character to be the guy that shoots and kills Bond, get the fuck out of here. I'm sorry. Like, that's just, you know, we'll, we'll get into the ending of it, but like, this guy is not. This guy is not deserving of being a Bond villain, let alone the ultimate Bond villain. I'm sorry, just you shouldn't even be a henchman. You fucking lost me. Yeah, no. The terrible, C- the terrible CIA guy, Brandon Ash or whatever, Logan Ash did yes. more than Matt. Look, look, there's an argument made. I think the argument made. Yeah. Look, the the villain of this movie is either M or the the Russian scientist that invented Hercules. The that guy Chernobyl. is the bad guy of the movie. I'm sorry, he is. He is the villain of the movie. He I mean, created the virus. He's in charge of it. Robbie Malik's just kind of there. We've talked about it over and over on this podcast. Like, you can't let the henchman outshine the villain. But the villain was so bad, and the henchman still didn't outshine him. Yeah. <laughs> it was fucking... Like, when was yeah. the last time we had a terrible villain in a terrible henchman? 
And Cyclops, too. Cyclops stunk, too. He stunk. <laughs> he stunk. I mean, Cyclops and Logan Ash both were stunk. Shitty night. Yeah. Listen, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to dive too deep into henchmen right now. But we'll wait. We'll wait. I hear you. I hear you. Um, so it's the overall. Do we want to? I mean, do we want? Do we want to talk about like Daniel Craig? Do we want to say that? Well, let's talk. I mean, let's let, let's go through our. We we'll talk about the chart. Go through let's the chart. It's yeah, going to the same chart. order, but withhold scores. How? But how unbelievable was the plot, though? Like, there's a lot of like unbelievable like fictionary like plots in James Bond history. This one to me was the most like not believable. Like, what is it? Like nano robots that like yeah. make you poison to be near it, other it made people. die another day look plausible with like the plastic surgery and the face changing. Yeah, I it just wasn't believable to me. That I, was 20 years ago. And that's what made the ending for me terrible. Like, not to get ahead of ourselves, Bond dying, spoiler, Bond dies, but like him it's the way he died i don't mind if he died hmm? but the way he died because of what the yeah. plot is is terrible look i don't i don't mind if james bond dies like you know i don't want to be confused i don't i didn't like the ending it's, you know but justify it justify it you yeah. didn't justify it so we all look, knew I know it something. had to happen at some point yeah. it was so, it was trending that way anyway we knew yes. bond was gonna have to come to an end at some point and listen, sure. me and Mike walked out of the movie and we're like, we're okay with Bond dying. We were not upset about that happening. Like, yeah, of course it's like, oh shit, all right. But we instantly said like, all right, now it gives you a fresh chance to reboot, get out of this storyline altogether and go yeah. somewhere new with a young Bond and a new storyline and you can just take it in a whole different path. Right. It's, yeah. it's, just, it's the way, just the way it went down. Um, and speaking to that, like, blow, this is the most electric Blofeld, in my opinion. And you give him, like, one tiny scene and this little bitty poison and Bond's wrist kills him. Like, get out of here. His uh, Christopher Waltz's one scene was more memorable than still anything right. Rami Malek did. Um, but, but let, let's st- stick to the order. We'll wait for villains. I, I love the locations we yeah, went Mike, to. Mike's going to have to throw all this at the, uh, <laughs> yeah. the end, of, end of the fucking <laughs> closing conclusion. And, uh, well, I mean, look, you know, I, I know we're talking about plot. So, like, I, I, you, I know you guys didn't. I scored it. I gave the plot a three. So I don't hate the Bioterra idea of it. But again, like, I, I've had this problem with so many, um, so many Bond plots great in concept, terrible execution. And and like I said to you guys in the very, very beginning of this, the villain plot of this is worthless. And that's why I gave this a three. You turned around and for 27 movies, we have created the idea of Spectre and Blofeld. And and we kept him alive in the last movie to what? Give him five minutes so that he gets killed and we invent another character that happens to be more deadly than him. I'm sorry, it's not believable. Rami Malek's, ca- Mommy, Rami Malek's character, right, Saffron, is a fucking insult to Bond fans. It's an insult to Bond fans. Barbara Broccoli and, and Michael, whatever the fuck his name is, the other, what was it, Michael, Michael Wilson. Um, Michael Wilson. Yeah, they, they owe us all an apology because they do because it, it's a fucking, it's a disgrace what they did. Like, well, you could have touched el- on it too. Like, if you, if you, if you, 
27 Bond movies. Like, and 27 and you, movies. And you're, you're, like you said, you're establishing this mm-hmm. evil group of Spectre. Now, all of a sudden, I guess everyone knows they will get drunk in Cuba at this point. We can kill them all instantly while yeah, yeah, we have their DNA. While Blofeld, we know who they while are. Blofeld watches them on a camera. Like, if you eliminated right. Saffron from this entire movie and made it Blofeld as the bad guy, and then made it Blofeld that had the island off Japan, and then made it Blofeld was the guy who was actually working with MI6 on this chemical weapon, and then made it Blofeld who dies with Bond, you've got a great movie. But instead, you decided to do something really dumb. You decided to, you know, shoehorn in a terrible character that has zero development and try to make him more powerful and more deadly than Spectre. Like, I'm sorry. It is it is an insult to people that have watched this movie for 50 years. And, 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 that, and that's my ultimate problem with it. At the same time, you're force feeding this relationship with Madeline Swan too, which Correct. never yes. really takes off, in my opinion. Right. But like, no. you're forcing this the plot with the villain mm-hmm. because of the love interest with Bond, and you're just yeah. you're force feeding all of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You built you built you built a relationship. You know, you built the backstory of Madeline, whose father turns out to be Spectre, who's an assassin. You built a backstory with Bond and with, with Christoph Waltz as, as Blofeld. And, and it's, this is the one thing that the, the Craig series did that none of the others did is they built a multi-movie story arc. And, and granted, Skyfall was a little different just because, you, you know, that, that character was kind of, he, he was kind of the, the Daniel Craig equivalent of Goldfinger. That movie stands on its own, but there's some threads. But you build a five-movie story arc and then you throw it away at the end. It's atrocious. It's, it's absolutely atrocious. Listen, the Madeline Swan relationship barely worked in Spectre, and now you want to fucking build a whole nother movie off of it? Fuck out of here. Why didn't they yeah. bring it back? I agree. It shouldn't end in Spectre. I, 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 I don't know. I, I, you know what I was hoping? I was hoping, because the movie was so predictable to me, like you kind of got a feeling there at the end that Bond was in an impossible situation that he was, in fact, going to die. I got in but, the second act. But I was hoping that Blofeld had something in his sleeve that he was expecting all this from Safin and then like was going to come out on top of Safin at the end. But no, like I, I don't know. I, like you guys said, I, I got nothing from Safin. He was like a Darth Vader to me or Kylo Ren where like it's broken mask or whatever shit and just never took off. Like his character never took off. It wasn't intimidating to me. He had like almost no one scene with Bond, I think, which was very Doctor Noish, and that scene whatsoever was terrible. I got I was, that vibe I, too. I, I the felt like that's, that's the that's the worst Bond scene of the entire movie. This yeah, is one of my favorite Bond performances. Sands that scene. It was it's horrible. It was a dud. Like that whole scene was a dud. Yeah, and that was like supposed to be the like the end of the climax of the movie, where it's supposed to like start to conclude. It was terrible. Yeah. I'll tell you what, though, for as shitty of a plot as it was, and I mean, this is a testament to to Mike already pointed out that the acting was brilliant and cinematography music like they hit so many high points. I enjoyed the movie. I actually enjoyed the movie with a shitty plot. Yeah, I enjoyed watching the movie. I would watch it again. And I probably would choose to watch this movie over Spectre mm-hmm. or Quantum if I was just watching it on its own. I agree. 
It um, looked great. It was one of the better, well produced and filmed Bond movies. It was beautiful, but the plot was abysmal. I went with I went to went and saw with a casual fan. He just saw the he's never seen any other James Bond movie but Daniel Craig movies, and he loved it. So that goes without saying. If you're a casual fan, you might just watch this movie. You might like it a lot, but. Seeing what we've seen, I guess, in the past Bond movies, we kind of hold a little bit more of a personal edge to it. We expect yeah. a little bit more. And I don't know. It was, I thought it was, it was enjoyable. Of, there was a lot of hype built up in this movie, and it just didn't live up to it, I guess. A year and a half in the can didn't help, and I tried to factor that out of my ratings and opinions. And there were some rumors that some of the scripts were refilmed and reshot due to the COVID and the virus aspect of the movie but nothing's been confirmed or didn't look i put this in my notes i wish they took the extra year to rewrite the entire script and go back and redo portions of this movie because like this could have been this could have been absolutely brilliant with uh, like i'm not talking major rewrites like minimal changes to the script like even switching the ending, and, and again I'm, I'm getting ahead here but like one like the bond bond dying was was done horrifically two rami malik's character doesn't belong in this movie you eliminate him you make the whole thing about blowfeld now you've you've just got a great movie right out of the gate and then the, the other piece that really annoyed the shit out of me is we spent you know three of the last five movies making jeffrey wright's felix lighter a character and we kill him like jack in titanic so like horrifically come on now it was just bad. It was just really just not well done because like the opening portions of this, like the opening pieces of this movie were wonderful coming out of the, the opening title sequence and the opening songs. Like you didn't really know who to trust, right? Like this is Ralph Fiennes best performance as M right. Both from like an acting perspective from uh, you know, you think he's the bad guy in, in the first 20 to 30 minutes of this movie, right. When they go and they steal the virus, like M does a great job and there's some wonderful sequences, you know, with him and, and all that's just wonderful, you know, but there's just, like, there's just a couple of just like gratuitous things in this movie that just annoyed the shit out of me. Lashana Lynch who plays Naomi, who plays 007. I have oh, no problem. I have oh, no problem. I have no problem with 007 being replaced because he retired. But the way it was done is she is a walking political statement and and not an advancement of the movie. Like she's not a good actress. She doesn't she, maybe she's good in other things, but she's not good in this movie. The action sequences of her trying to shoot a gun are the most ridiculous things you're ever going to see. She could barely hold the prop up, let alone hold the audience. Right. Money Penny is somebody that you believe can do this job. This actress is not. And, you know, for her to be a walking political statement was ridiculous. You know, we talked about this in the, in, in, you know, in the pre-opening of this, you know, right. just the random gratuitousness just to, you know, just to say that Q is gay. Like, that doesn't matter. Like, that, that's been alluded to over the course of a number of movies. Like, you don't have to just throw it in people's face for the sake of throwing it in people's face. Like, this was more about trying to put a, you know, a stamp down in Hollywood to show that James Bond is able to move with the times. And, and the attempt to do that actually doesn't move anything forward and just makes a shitty movie. So 
Like I know both of you, you guys have all said you want to score it after you see it again. Look, I don't want to give them my money again. I, I have no intention of seeing this until this is on a free streaming service. Like I'm just, this movie was shit to me. It was shit. I'm glad I had a $4 movie ticket. <laughs> You were jumping ahead a lot there for supporting yeah. cast and everything. <laughs> oh, no. and, in case, and for those that are listening to the audio version, my background says this movie fucking sucks. So, yeah, I, I you know, I was pretty fired up walking out of this one. I was well, very disappointed. That's, that's almost as colorful as my initial review of uh, Sean Connery and Roger Moore. Lucky to be dead not to see this travesty. But Yeah, Mike, I mean, I'll take a few of the things that you said without diving too much into supporting cast yes i do think they were over the top in the political wokeness of the movie um i did like the bit about 007 just being a number because mm-hmm. it in fact yeah, love is that. just had a no problem it with is, it. it is just a code for whoever that agent may be which is mm-hmm. completely fine with me um i do agree that it might not have been the best portrayal of an agent whether that be male, female, black, white, Asian, whatever. I don't think that it was a believable situation. And they didn't do a good job of building that character anyway. It was, you know, someone who appeared on the mission in Jamaica and then, you know, kind of just sits in the background for most of the shit until the very end when, when she accompanies Bond on the last mission. Like, it really isn't. There, there's no character development. It doesn't matter no. if she's female or not. Like it, it no. really doesn't matter because they didn't do her any justice in building that character um, out. And it's I a shame like because when you when you juxtapose that against Anadarmus's character Paloma, who is the CIA operative, life. but you know, but like her her portrayal of a of a field agent is a million percent believable. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's just it's a believable performance. If you know, if you flop those characters, and you know, if for the, just in this movie alone, if if Anna de Armas's character with that same performance was the new 007, I'd have less problems with it because, right? You know, you're still making a female, you know, a female the the new 007, you know, but she's actually believable in the role. The problem is the actor they cast is not believable in the role. And whether that's the actress or the writing, you know, she was failed on, on, on all fronts. And that's just that. I, they just didn't do a good job. I really liked, I didn't like much chemistry with Daniel Craig with any of the characters in this movie, but his character with Paloma, Ana de Armas, that whole sequence and scene was awesome. I that agree. was probably like the best act in the whole movie was the cuba the 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 jamaica the, and cuba sequence is the is arguably the best part of this entire movie yes. and that what I really, me at the edge of my seat i just like how they were fighting in the room of cubana and all of a sudden they're just chugging martinis and like shots of yeah. bourbon in the middle of like a gunfight i was and thinking what, while i was watching that part was like how, how does super hate this movie I and mean, i was thinking that the entire time like <laughs> What an asshole. Like he's I know he's fucking with me. I'm watching that whole sequence. I'm like, there's no way this movie gets worse. I had it's so much potential for phenomenal. the movie at that point. And I'm like, phenomenal at that point. End, like, oh, here's a cigar Felix wanted. I'm like, well, she's great. Yeah. yeah. You know, and that, but like you, you even back you even back out before that when when they go to him in Jamaica and they do they do such a good job at certain points of this movie of of telling the history of Bond and you know when he left the service Ian Fleming moved 
to a house in Jamaica on the beach called GoldenEye. Literally, that's where Bond was. I'm almost positive if you went back and watched it again, there'd be the GoldenEye logo at that beach house because it's an homage to where Fleming was. And then he jumps from, you know, Jamaica to Cuba. And, you know, the opening of that is just, it's phenomenal. And then it just takes a, it just takes a nosedive to, to, to the gratuitous. And there were, there were so many subtle touches that, went very far in bringing in some of those old bond films like mike we were talking about at dinner after it was like mm-hmm. him walking up the dock with the fish was very honey rider-esque or correct him jumping on the back of the you know moped would be you know tomorrow never dies or whatever yeah. like you got these little subtleties that are just like oh yeah i like, mean they i mean they they had they had the db5 they had the the mm-hmm. vanquish from the dalton era they had yep. the mod they had the modern um uh aston martin from from the pierce brosnan eras in it i mean you had it all and you had the, you had the music from um majesties twice yes you know, twice like you had the and, vespa and theme had the, playing when he goes to the grave i mean they, yeah. they did all of that so wonderfully they, paintings they of old ams they also the painting is the old ams the paintings of old ams was great yeah where yeah. he's Even sitting in the, the hallway contemplating and bernard lee's yeah. over the top and judy dench just looking at him like they yeah. like they did so good in so many areas but they the just fucked so the many things up with the with the bulldog in the background and they mm-hmm. paid tribute yeah. to die another day by being an absolute shitty movie that was a great homage yeah you get, you get the uh the damn dive off the uh the bridge in italy after yep the, does uh, the damn dive and the swing around i mean there's so many good subtleties and i'm sure and look, if we look hard enough we'll find one from each 24 movies each i mean probably just, well, look, take take the it take the opening se- take the opening sequence for the song. It's a it's a story from Doctor No to the latest, right? It opens mm-hmm. up with the lights, and then you yep. get the dancing ladies, and, and then you get like the golden eye style large things, and you know, we're and, just, and we're just missing the, the uh, beep boop, boop, right? Did yeah. anyone <laughs> yeah, scientists yeah. need to turn the keys? They were like, you oh, we the, need uh, two people to turn the keys, like Amaral uh, Zenya. <laughs> Yeah. You get the uh the the card um trails like they had the I think it was hearts I think they used hearts but yeah like, the animations from the sequence from yeah. Casino Royale yeah. like shooting out of the gun like, yeah. it, you had a lot of those touches and look uh, I, I don't I don't think the song was very good I I don't I, I the, the Billy Ives song does nothing for me personally um I think it is greatly assisted by you know greatly assisted by the the opening sequence. But even then, it's still not great. It's just, it's just one that does nothing for me, especially in the context of the movie. It just the song it does as nothing a standalone, for me. As a standalone, you just listen, boot it up on Spotify, absolutely mm-hmm. falls flat. But if you have the backing of some of the lyrics and how it plays into the movie with the opening sequence, it gains a little bit of traction. I don't think it's the worst Bond song that has been produced, and it certainly won't threaten the top ten. Right. Did it win an Emmy? Am I dreaming that? It did. It, no, it, it won a Grammy, Emmy. right? Grammy. It, it won a Grammy. Emmy's television, but, uh, so it couldn't have possibly won an Emmy. I mean, fun fact. That's right. Billy, Billy, <laughs> Billy Island. She was only four years Erase old. That. She was four years old when Casino Royale came out. That's just a mind-blowing fact. Look, guys, this is what I will say, though. Bar none, this movie has not one but two of the best car chase sequences of the entire Bond ethos. 
Oh yeah. Big big yeah. fan of the Two. car scenes. And, and and they did both of them really well. The the pre-title sequence in Italy where he's driving the DB5 and he's flying through the city and then he's using the gadgets in the car where they're, they're throwing the mines and then the smoke and the gadoling guns is phenomenal. But and then when he's the in the, in the field, but then he's in the field in Norway driving a random Isuzu with no gadgets. Toyota RAV4. It was a RAV4 or was an Isuzu? I thought it was a RAV4. It was an old Range Rover. I, either way. It was a Toyota uh, for sure. Either way. I think it was a RAV4. I think it was either a Toyota RAV4. I turned to Mike. I was like, he's really fucking whipping the shit out of this Toyota <laughs> RAV4 right now. And it's, and it's, it was a, it's an amazing, amazing sequence. Like, and so believable because there was no gadgets. There was nothing like mm-hmm. nothing special about that car no. whatsoever. But he, he was just off-roading, fucking using his driving skills and yes. flipping these these vehicles to get away. It was awesome. But I was thinking at the same time, it might be my favorite Bond car. Like the DB5 souped up with all those legit gadgets. Mm-hmm. I was thinking during the sequence that it might be my favorite Bond car. The gadget how- gun uh, donuts were pretty sick. Yes. I was yep. just about to say, him just like sitting there like, you know what? Fuck this. Like... Kind of probably even contemplating just dying, just mm-hmm. sitting there in the car while they're just like peppering this car with bullets. And then he's just like, you know what? Let me just turn in donuts and just eliminate all these people and take off. Even the code stop in the pre title sequence where uh, Homeboy's just shooting the window and he's not giving a fuck about Swan. Right. Great scene. Look, I think I think some of the some of the there's some great gadgets in this movie. You know, there's the sti- there's the sticky bombs. There's the the EMP pulse that that's used to kill you know Cyclops guy later on, but they use it yeah, multiple the, times in the movie. The um what, the, the, glide, the glider yeah the updated little Nelly the, the bad guy magnets in the elevator where they just hop down that that's was phenomenal. Where they dropped it, what I thought was a giant giant grenade that becomes like the magnet you know Mission yeah. Impossible thing and in they, the elevator they just shaft. jump all the way down and get caught by the magnet yeah. field yeah that's, that was cool. And we finally settled the debate: watch or pen. Oh yeah, we another watch. The debate. Another it watch. It was just a. It was a different watch. Different watch. Sorry, it's, it's not a different debate. God damn it! The debate is not settled, and also <laughs> people have not even heard that no. debate. No, <laughs> people have. Yeah, spoiler alert: there's a 45 minute argument that I don't think I even remember uh, at this point. <laughs> In over a year, I fell asleep. I don't yeah. even remember yeah. the points I argued. Oh. I, I willingly. No, we were, we were, yeah. In case anybody was wondering during during the uh, uh, what we'll get to is we recorded Goldeneye three different ways. We live watched it. We also actually scored it, and then we just drunkenly argued for three hours. So <laughs> there'll be a number of pieces at one thirty in the morning. We did start recording at one thirty in the morning. I I don't even remember which side I'm on. Honestly, I like them both. <laughs> I think you were watch. I was pen. I, I think I just picked one side and just went with it. <laughs> pen is my. Sounds year. about right. That sounds about right. I think. Good on. You know, it's one of these things. I think there was some, you know, some of the, the the chase sequences. I think some of the fight sequences in this are really well done. I think there's a couple of fight and action sequences that are complete dog shit. Like we, we talked about earlier, the the whole Cuba sequence is awesome uh paloma's character is wonderful yeah but then when they're in the island base i think nomi's 
portrayal of an action hero is just not believable. Like, yeah. you know, after after she throws, you know, Dr. Boris, I keep calling him that because he reminds me of Boris from Goldeneye. But once she throws him into the acid and she starts firing off rounds, she can't even hold the gun up and somehow she's taking people out. Like, it's just, it's not. And they not try and make it all racial, like racially more. It's like, oh, I'll, I'll eliminate your whole race. I'm like, it's up to add to the script. They're just, yeah, it's just, it's gratuitous for no reason. Right. The, uh, the fight scene with Logan Ash, I know we talked about it, but it was very, uh, from Russia with love at, mm-hmm. in, you know, the train. Mm-hmm. We, we talked about it immediately after and was just like, yeah, that, that close quartered kind of, fight with i mean listen he's no red grant but the the fight sequence and the same movements kind of happen there and it's it's a little bit believable i mean all in all i didn't hate logan ash but I didn't his, love- dem- his demise was uh what was it a uh, for your eyes only where he kicked the fucking guy with the octagon glasses off the cliff but you could have you know you could have explored that character more as yeah. your primary henchman working for Blofeld, and you just have a better movie. Like you just have a better movie that way. What, did, what was the quote? Is this the Book of Mormon or what? What was? What yeah, did they say about yeah, him? they called him Book of Mormon. Yeah, I. That was, the only, that was the only real good quote in the entire movie, too. I I did love his death though. Maybe getting out of here. I loved his death. Mm-hmm. How, how Bond killed him. That was fucking cold blooded. Ruthless. Yeah. Letting the cars yes. crush him. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude. That was cold blooded. There were there a was, lot of ruthless Bond kills. There were some his... very John Wick moments where he just he pops didn't give two or three. Fuck. He pops yes. two or three into people, you know, into, into people's domes in this movie. Like even guys on the ground, like normally he would walk away yeah. from those back in the day. Yeah, there was a lot. Is, of, yeah, there were a lot of just like this guy's dead. Let me just put one or two more into him just to be safe. Yeah, this was this was a dead man tell no secrets kind of a movie. Craig had some shades of Timothy Dalton. <laughs> yeah, look, un- un- unfortunately, right? It's the longest Bond in any of the Bonds, right? It's two two hours and forty five. I think it's about forty five minutes too long. Agreed. Candidly. I just you know there was no reason for for a lot of it. I, I think we lacked significantly in the quotes. Um, you know, all I the, had was we all have our secrets. We just didn't get to yours yet. That's all I remember. That was a good quote. Yeah. And then the and yeah. then um when when M at the very end when they're doing the cheers ceremony, the quote they read is actually the Ian Fleming description of Bond. That's actually where that quote comes from. That's actually Ian Fleming that they used. So I had, I had seen a I had seen a lot of um, but I had seen a lot of uh. Bond fan um, reviews that really didn't like it. They didn't like that used there. I'm, I'm indifferent. I didn't really know what it was until after the fact. So that didn't bother me. But, you know, just one of those. I didn't think there was a lot in the quotes. Um, you know, there, was a, there was a lot of recycled, you know, I felt like we were yes. recycling a lot of old things. And You have all the time in the world. Yeah. They wouldn't do they I did like Bond's quote to Safin when they were at the table, and he says, um, "History isn't kind to those who try to play God," because to me that was him saying, "Like, yeah, every Bond villain that I've ever come across that has tried to fucking alter whatever, like their grand scheme thing, is mm-hmm. never end well." We talk about I that liked, scene. Um... I liked huh? how Q. I liked how Q was like, "You're not dead," and he was like, "Oh, hi Q, I missed you." 
I did laugh at that part. Yeah. I thought that was pretty yeah. funny. Uh, ben, Winslow, <laughs> ben Winslow was good in the movie, and I like how Q finally conquered his fear of flying. I know in a few movies prior, he was like, I hate flying. Then he's half his movie is in that uh, giant ass plane. Yeah. Q on location. We want to talk about about James Bond and, and his performance. We completely skipped over that and have yeah. uh, crashed the surface nine, on everything else. 9.5. Yeah. Imagine I, I get with a lesser actor. The movie's complete shit. Given you give a bond nine point five? Nine five. Craig, one of his best performances. I think there's a strong debate to call him the best bond because he never had a bad performance. He had some bad scripts. He did not quit. Sean Connery quit at his end. I, I think you're I think you're right. There is an argument to be made. He definitely solidified his number two in my book. Top two, at least, but there is at least a, there are at least conversations to be had, which is yeah. Look, they're they're apple, they're apples to orange comparisons. Uh, I right. super, I think you're smoking crack if you're giving him a nine point five. It's I gave him a seven point five, and I gave him a seven point five because the way this script was set up set Daniel Craig up to fail. In that you gave the part that we totally glossed over the fact that Bond has a daughter, by the way. So let's we haven't even touched that. So. You know, the, the sequences where he's in Norway. Um, Great location, by the way. But he's going to find Norway. But they don't, but they don't really get, but they don't really explore. <laughs> like, there's no real conversation about like he and Madeline, how that possibly happens. And then there clearly has to be some stuff on the cutting room floor because when you go from like the silent killer, the entire movie, to a guy that just starts crying on an island because somebody else tells him his daughter, you lost me at that point. There was never a buildup to the fact about that. Like, again, like, you know, I have no problem with giving Bond, you know, a daughter. I have no problem with killing Bond off, but they just didn't fucking do it well. Like they did not do a 50 year character justice. So, you know, all of a sudden, it's we, Rami Malek's character. A three-hour movie, Mike. No, I, I disagree. I completely disagree because I think you can do it well, and they just didn't fucking do it well. So all of a sudden, the guy that tells him that, you know, the guy that actually says that your daughter is here is, is Rami Malek. So instead of, you know, so instead of you know doing anything, he just falls over and cries. Like so, the guy that we've seen for fifty movies completely changes. Like there has to be scenes that are missing. I'm sorry, there just has to be right. because it makes no sense to the, to the continuity of the movie. And that that's been my problem with this the entire time is they did not do they did not do a good actor justice here. You know, it, to piggyback to piggyback off that, I really think this plot would serve better if it was like a 10 episode TV series and not crammed in like a try to do like a three hour movie. Mm-hmm. I grew if you felt if you built up to something like that, and maybe that's the future of James Bond. We're we like streaming services and everything like that. We may get like a Jack Ryan James Bond series, like you know, like sure. a ten episode, which I'd be down for, by the way. It'd be wonderful, but yeah, I'd, be, I'd, I'd totally be down. Before, and we talk about all these like spinoffs that are possible with like Nomi. Like, uh, I mean, no offense to her. I hope I hope there's not one. I felt nothing for her character, but well, yeah. So, but look, I'd rather you know, I'd rather I'd rather a Paloma miniseries or an Eve Moneypenny miniseries. Yeah. They're just how, M- more inter- They're more M- interesting and capable yep. characters. How MI6. Tanner. MI6. Tanner. Double O agents. MI6. Tanner. Sure. 
Anna. Well, um, Dre, to your point, MI6 would be a great TV show because you get M in there, you get Money Penny in, you yeah. get the agent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like The Office, but with spies. Some, something to think about if MGM wants to do like a streaming service. My knock, called- my knock on Daniel Craig was he he was old. He was old. He was all that showed. Old yeah. we, we balls. Ripped, we ripped yeah, on Roger Moore balls. for his old balls. Old balls. 100%. He's given Roger Moore a run for his money in the age mm-hmm. category here. Right. He didn't. He, could he didn't have fight. Yeah, he didn't he, have Roger Moore's droopy face, but he had old balls. He was old fifty-one, balls. but they also aged the movie. They did the five-year time jump. So, mm-hmm. yeah, but they did a five-year time jump the the movie prior too. So, like, you're ten years, mm-hmm. ten years. Yes. Like, Dude, I thought about that too. I was like, "Holy shit! How like how much time has passed? Like months go, years go by. Like well, what's happening?" They did the five year jump, Inspector. Did they not? They did like the same. I mean, it's oh, been. Yeah. It's, I mean, it has been what he, eight he years. He fucked off Spencer? Inspector for five years, and then he got back here, and he fucked off again for five years. That's ten Jeez. years, dude. I mean, this is the this is the longest gap between Bond movies, between Live and Let Die and Goldeneye. This one is actually longer. This is the longest gap ever between Bond movies. Wow. Yeah. And it shows, man. And it was the same Bond. At least they switched Bonds mm-hmm. after but, that. But, but you yeah. got to pretend this came out in 2019 because of the COVID. Or, so you got to go 2020. You got to give them the benefit of the doubt and call it a no, 2019 release. No, I don't. I mean, listen, <laughs> his, his interactions with Madeline no. Swan were not believable because he was old. Right. Yeah. Maybe that's the best she could have got. Super. This is why I don't want to give them the benefit of the doubt is because the, the Eon production folks, and again, Barbara Broccoli and Michael Wilson owe everybody an apology because the they, they could have released this. They could have released on this Prime. on Amazon prime or Netflix but it, or whatever. But it doesn't matter. But instead that it had to be released in theaters so that they could do so that they could say it was a, a, a you know big time feature film. And look, Trey, I don't know what it was like for you, Supal. I don't know what it was like for you. DJ and I went and saw it ourselves. There was 37 and a half minutes of previews. Yes. From it was I fucking left. horrific. I only had 20 minutes. Fucking horrible. And this Terrible. was the first time I've been in a theater since 2015. Spectre. Last non-Bond movie yep. I've seen in theaters was mm-hmm. Argo in 2012. And that's the last good movie I've seen in theaters. Argo, fuck yourself. Look, we can keep talking about whatever you want, but I'll, I'll, just, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, throw some, I'll, throw, I'll throw some scores at you. So I gave the plot a three. I gave Bond's 4. performance 5. a seven. I gave Bond's performance a 7.5. I gave the villain a one. I thought the villain was fucking horrible. That's- I gave the Bond girl a three because I thought Madeline Swan was just useless. It just it served, you know. It was I gave it three points. Let's talk about that. Move the Let's plot talk about along. Okay. Talk about Madeline. Well, I mean, well, let's talk. We can talk about Madeline, but I really feel like. But it's Madeline as a plot. It's really, Madeline as a plot point. Yeah, I but really, I, I was really Paloma hoping Paloma so was going to be in. Well, Paloma's not the so Bond much. girl. She's just, she's yeah. just an an extra. She's a supporting cast. Supporting cast. I thought leading up, like. The previews and everything. I thought we were going to get more of her. They build her as so well, look, much more than like that's the minutes. story. But that's the story of the Craig Bond series, right? It's it's the girl in Skyfall who eventually gets killed. It's um it's what's his name's wife, Inspector. The names are well, escaping me. Uh, like Camilla the knows. real yeah, Camilla knows Quantum, where driving the little Fiat mm-hmm. and they had chemistry, and he just never went for the 
prize. You know, just that's just that's been the story of the last three Craig movies is the most interesting woman in the movie is there in the very, very beginning, and they either kill her off or they or she just disappears after like a singular scene and they just never come back. And I don't I don't understand that because that's that's not that's not the formula of, of a Bond movie. Who was the one who got oiled up in a quantum? Uh, fields, strawberry fields. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Listen, like I I said that earlier that Madeline Swan was barely mm-hmm. a good Bond girl inspector. Barely. Like I liked her. I liked her inspector. Don't two time her though. She was barely passable. I didn't She's think she deserved a whole nother film as a Bond girl. Especially seven years later. She's a 5.0. Well, and look, the, you know, the, the idea of Madeline Swan moves the plot forward here, but the, the actress doesn't really do a lot. The scenes for her don't really do a lot. Like she is the only, in my, my opinion, the, the only thing holding back the opening sequence of this movie is Madeline Swan, just because she just does nothing for me as an actress. Well, you know, you put you put somebody else in that role, maybe it's very different. But she's just she's just kind of you know she's kind of Melba toast to me. She was kind of Melba toast to me, Inspector. She was kind of Melba toast to me, you know, in this movie. Like you're you're force fed the idea that she is the the Tracy Bond of the modern era. And it's just not she's that not. believable. She's no. not that believable. No. She doesn't play it that believable. Um, it doesn't come off that believable. It's just kind of spoon fed to you and you just kind of accept it because everything else happening around you is interesting. Yeah. I mean, Mike, like nothing for nothing. We absolutely crossed the plot earlier and have been talking about this, but this movie is a Madeline Swan movie. This is barely a James Bond movie. This is about right. her and this villain that, you know, yeah. killed her family and did, you know, horrible things that scarred her for life and probably deserved it. Really, it had nothing to do with Bond outside of these no. fucking nanobots. It was it was really no. a fucking movie about he's, her. He's technically not really the main character of this movie. He was right. happily retired, you know. Like they blew up she, his ex-girlfriend's grave when they blew up fucking Vesper. <laughs> Then he had to go do more Swan stuff five years later and find out he had a kid. Talk about spinoffs. I would love a Tracy Bond spinoff just, you know, prior to meeting Bond, just mm-hmm. how cool she was. But sure. But yeah, fuck Madeline Swan. Yeah. 5.0. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I gave, you know, I gave, I, I gave her, I gave her a three. I, I like her inspector didn't really care for her character arc and development in this movie um all for the same points that y'all made that this movie is centered around here not bond we got one standoff with bond and the villain and how many did we get with her and and uh saffin and Mm -hmm. i don't know just not not a fan of that swan movie i did like her house she had a nice house in norway cool house good country Cool, cool way to like the beginning with her like falling in the in the ice. Would have been cold blood if Safin just like gunned her right there and like the ice and just like we really we should have. That would have made like, this a little bit better. But here's the other cool. part: when when they were in the forest in Norway, 
she shoots the person that comes to the door and the next person comes to the door. And, and again, I only saw it once. So I, they didn't have like the little click that she ran out of bullets. Like she could have killed Ronnie yeah. Balak's character right there. And that's probably another thing. Intimidated or like froze. <laughs> did, did I miss something? Were they all just flesh wounds when she just rocketed him with like four bullets? Because he was like bleeding in the snow. Like, am I just like, to believe that he's dragging me. Okay? Why is she dragging him outside? Why not? Just I mean, she, mo- she mowed him down in the pre title yeah. sequence. Well, he also fell a story straight onto his spine or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. no broken bones, no nothing. Like, yeah, he, what, fell, he fell 10, 15 feet. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't know. Yeah, is this guy Jason or Mike Myers? Like, what? <laughs> yeah. We sure that was Norway and not Crystal Lake. Like, what are we talking about? Yeah. Here? <laughs> I do regret I, yeah. this movie and not the new Halloween when I was buying the ticket. I had the option. But... He also did the open fire on the ice. Like, also, yeah. how did he not collapse into the ice himself? Because it, if it was thin ice and she fell through, there's no way he's standing over the top of her and not falling in. That's and then, I and then it unloads, unloads rounds into the ice to break it open. Like, and can one, we talk about how first does it second? not hit her? So this this guy unloads what thirty bullets? Yeah, uh, and not it doesn't at, a, at an eleven at an eleven year old girl at point blank range. How bad of a shot is this guy? I don't know. How does he not collapse? How, yeah, how does I, like, I, 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 I might have up. to take just for that alone. I might have to take my villain score to zero. I feel like, I, I gave feel it a one bad. because he's in the movie. I feel bad giving him a two point oh. I give him a one yeah. because he's in the movie. Because <laughs> he's in the movie. <laughs> I don't. It's, I don't know if I would. I don't know if I could score him a one. He's bad. One would probably be my lowest villain score to date. He's I want to know. What, I want to know. He, a he bit doesn't more about belong in garden. the movie. Is better but, without him. Because, because again, Trey, my point to this is the the yeah. doctor that they spare when they go and they steal the nanobot virus. That's the guy that invented the nanobot virus. So when they go to the island, he's the guy mass producing everything. He's actually the bad guy in this movie. There's an argument to be made that that guy is actually the bad guy. Right. Rami yeah. Malek's just there. Like to DJ's DJ's point, we don't know anything about this guy. Still, he's got no background. Like, there's no there's so many. Like, how did he get money? How did he get? Yeah, it's just again, like if this was a movie about Bond, yeah, the nanobots and the evil doctor and all that. Yeah, that we have time, like, but it's a movie about Madeline Swan, so it's fucking it's a Madeline Swan movie. Like, mm-hmm. I get it, the Revenge on Spectre. Then all of a sudden, he wants to kill the world. Why? Makes yep. no sense. I do want to know about the Poison Garden, though. Like, some of those fucking things seem pretty cool. Maybe he's a botanist. Well, like go go. I mean, the, the guy, the guy's living on a, on a World War II missile silo. Why wasn't there a flashback to that? Why did Spectre kill his family? No idea. No so I, did I miss that? I don't. Nobody think knows. Ever no. On. No. no. Maybe no. maybe they knew they sucked. Maybe they knew they would. He sucked. Probably because he was killing people with his poison plants. I don't know. Yeah. Like, there's no clue. It's just maybe they like, wanted it's, his it's fucking in, missile yeah. silo. I don't know. Like we we invented fuck? a bad guy on top of Spectre. For the sake of inventing a bad guy on top of Spectre, or it's like, he's and, his- and that's my ultimate, and that's my ultimate problem with this movie, is instead of just like make it a direct continuation of Spectre and and finish the series off correctly, we decided to try to make it its own standalone feature film, and it fucking sucked, and it fucking sucked, you know, because look now now we're gonna get to the end of this movie. So Rami Malek, this guy that is a you know so Saffron, who is a completely and utterly Noir, worthless. Noir, Whatever. I don't give a fuck. You know, because he's irrelevant to me. 
Because this will be the, this will be the last I ever speak of his name ever again on this podcast. <laughs> so it doesn't fucking matter. I'll, I'll call no. him shitbag from here on out. But so Saffin or Stromberg. So <laughs> Stromberg, one hundred percent. This guy does. Stromberg couldn't hold. I mean, Saffron couldn't hold this guy's fucking jockstrap. It's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> no. Uh, seriously, I think bottom three at least Bond villain. He's up no, there it's, with it's, the it's bottom one of one. It's not even close. I don't. It's bottom, bottom one of one. Carmo Karen and whatever the other guy name is. It's bottom one of one. It's not even close. Because at least in those movies, the villain plays a role. You could write this whole movie without him, and it's a better movie. And that's my point here. I that could. Does he? He doesn't belong in this movie. Bond, Bond villains in eight without him. I think. Yes. Uh, I think him and Dominic Green are about the same. Dominic Green at least did shit. But, he was, yeah, but at least, but at least was Dominic Green pawn, was, a, you know. But he was still a central point of the movie, and actually had like something to do with Bond. Like he had the organization. You, you can't, you don't make that movie without Dominic Green. You make this Mike, movie without. You him. could, you could, you could make, you make it the movie without him. him. Mike, yeah. your lowest villain rating to date is a three in Octopussy. <laughs> yeah. So this would this would be a full two points lower than Octopussy. Yeah, this is terrible. Supal gave Octopussy a 1.5. <laughs> I got to lower this and I got to make this to a one. Yeah. <laughs> I, knew I, we'd be able to, I knew we'd be able to bully Supal down his score. Hey, I don't know okay. what I would score. Hey, Safin, but, it's, but again, it's, but, the, but it gets to the point at the end of this that like, so all of a sudden Safin, you know, shoots Bond a couple of times and is then able to give him the poison thing that nobody actually understands. So all of a sudden now he can't go home to Madeline Swan because of something that was never explained in the entire movie. And this, and this is the guy that essentially forces Bond to take his own life via missile. Get the fuck out of here. It's, it's insane. It's insane that they let him be the guy to make that happen. Let it be, you know, let him have a shootout with Blofeld and he can't get off the island. Let it let it be something that is deserved. And, and that's why this offends me so goddamn much. And then then take it even more gratuitously. So you decide to in an Avengers style end of the movie. Right. You know, he's standing there as, you know, the missiles pummel him at the end. What the you, fuck know, you, get, you get what, you know, three minutes after the fact. You get, you know, oh, cheers to Bond and, you know, and then Madeline Swan driving while they play what we have all the time in the world. Fuck you. Yeah, that was fuck terrible. You. Fuck you. That was terrible. That was fuck a terrible yeah, ending. Fuck you. Yeah, you know, for, for a movie that is acted so well and that has such great moments and it has unbelievable references to old movies and great cars and great chases like great this, shots, th- great like, like they basically like they basically built this movie in silos and then tried to you know stock jam it together and it's a, it's a, it's a disgrace it's a disgrace. let me ask you this this, this is this is the this is the uh kingdom of the crystal skulls of james bond like what and if they just that filmed film? differently at the end for example like don't show the missile directly hitting him at the end show the fucking kid getting the bunny thing in the mail end it like that makes it an entirely different movie than a random missile like they could have sent the missiles to either the two ships that will come in to pick up the toxins or whatever nanobots 
or the second, you know, Saffron was compromised, abort the missiles. They could have done that in tomorrow never dies. They could have did that here 20 years later. No sense for him to die right then. The threat was done. The nanobots were not at risk of being like spread yes. out. He didn't want to live. That was it. At mm-hmm. that point, he didn't want to live without Madeline Swan. So mm-hmm. that and his daughter. Yeah. So that, he that's for nine, he'd even known for like nine hours. That's that's the decision. But like you said, if he mailed like the bunny back or whatever the fuck the stuffed animal was like now you're insinuating that he, he lived, which that's not the, the that's not the point of the conclusion. Right. They they knew that they wanted to kill off this version of James Bond. They wanted to end this. And this was, you know, the end of the Daniel Craig and this James Bond era. So however you put the entire Spectre pieces together and the whole string of events this he's dead that's that's it this this james bond character ends his run here on this island that's it yeah that's how it's and look and there's and there's really yeah you this version of bond you know he doesn't get to live happily ever after the family and i'm fine with that that doesn't bother me you know but if you're gonna kill him like make it make it worthwhile like really the the ultimate scene here is q saying like no, we can't invent a cure for a disease we've just invented 25 minutes ago earlier in this movie. It's fucking ridiculous. Like, I agree. That's I my agree. Point it's here. a shitty way to kill off Bond. It's yeah. terrible. It's terrible. But it's not bad Agreed. that they killed off Bond. No, no, Correct. I agree. I have no problem with, with this series ending with James Bond's death. Like, they've never done it before, so they, they chose to do it. I just think that it was just done so badly. Now it's offensive. I'm sure the kid would have rather seen her father on Zoom than be dead, to be honest. Like, if we can be Zoom friends during quarantine and not see each other, he could have been a socially distanced father and, you know. Do we do we want to touch on supporting cast? Sure. Like, yeah. want to talk about? Do we, you, we, we can actually dive that. into some of those points that we brought up earlier. Yeah. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Felix is back. We have the asshole CIA agent, uh, Audi de Titter, the guy with the fucking one mm-hmm. eye. Rest in peace, Bob Blofeld. Q I want to start. I want to start with Q. Honestly, I want to start with Q because it bothers me to no end that they had to throw in that one line that was like, oh, I'm expecting him or whatever, our first date. Like, listen, you don't have to say that at all. You don't have to say nope. him or her. You can just say, nope. I'm preparing a meal for a first date or my first time cooking, whatever. Like, you don't need to give a gender to it whatsoever. Well, I said I said this to you when we walked out of the movie theater. If you like, you know, if you wanted to do that, then do it as an homage to the previous Bond movie. Make Q's boyfriend show up while James and Money Penny are there. Make them hide behind the curtains while their feet stick out, like you know, like a previous movie. Give it some Bond comedy as they try to sneak out while while Q's boyfriend comes in. Just the make a political statement is pointless. Actually get something out of it. Yeah, get something out of it. It's already assumed that like get get some right gets gets get something out. Like, you know, have them show up while while James and Money Penny are there and you know make some action around it. Do something with it. Make make it worth it. And nobody cares. You know, it was just thrown out for the sake of throwing it out. Great Q. Fucking awesome Q. Hundred percent fucking great Q. Perfectly cast, like yeah. delivers 
great one-liners, has a fucking mm-hmm. good rapport with Daniel Craig, like mm-hmm. fucking awesome cue. There's great no actor. need whatsoever to even get his sexual orientation involved nope. at all. Like you it, can it just, has, you has, can yep, just keep it, it a mystery. You can nope. keep it assumed, whatever. It don't matter. It, like, oh, it advances. It doesn't advance doesn't the plot of the movie. It doesn't advance, you know, it doesn't advance the series in any way, shape or form. I don't care what woke screen director decided that we need to say this in order to make James Bond socially acceptable in 2021 Hollywood. It's actually more offensive than other Otherwise, because now we have to point out the fact that Q is of that community, as opposed to we just assume that Q's really good at his job. And oh, by the way, he may have a different sexual orientation. So we've just made it so overt that it's just it just it takes away from the movie. What does it even matter what Q's sexual orientation is? At all in any of the movies. He's a man. You can also assume in any of the other movies that Q is gay. You don't know. Absolutely. You don't know. Like, yeah. who we gives a think- fuck about it regardless? Like, now you're just making a specific point for yeah. no reason. You're making, you're making him a walking political Yeah, He's a walking political statement for, the, for no fucking reason. It's ridiculous. That, that's, that goes for a lot of this movie. The walking yeah. political statement. Like even, even and like and that's it. it with, and with and it takes away from it. Like, if, like yeah. um, I am all for, they do, a, they do a wonderful job in the early portion of this movie of empowering female characters in that, you know, he meets the other, the, the new 007 when he does the Cuba stuff. And at that time, Nomi is, you know, you know, he's maneuvering around him and, you know, and out of the arms and in Cuba, um, you know, and then it just, it just gets so much more overt for the sake of getting overt as opposed to the subtlety of, Hey, we're not going to point to the fact that, you know, this woman who also happens to be black has taken the, the number of 007. We're just going to let her actions speak for herself. And they totally miss that subtlety that, that could have yep. you know, really taken this to another direction. Like if, if you took it in a, you know, from a subtle direction and, and instead of just randomly having her drive around and, and then like, and this is, and this is the worst part about this. You give Nomi's character the moniker of 007 because we're so woke and we're so concerned about virtue signaling, but then she turns it back over to bond anyway. Yeah. So what's the point? Right. So you lost, you lost that whole point anyway. And she was so offended. Oh, wait, what's did, the point? He's a double O he's a double O now. Yes. Oh, is it like, you'd be I better like served that if she never, gave, you'd be like better served right. if she never gave it up. And, and that's yeah. fine. No, no fan's going to complain about that. No. Like, it, it, all, that, all, that, all that says to me is that the screenwriters knew they screwed up from the beginning and they had to correct it for the end of this movie because they were going to kill him off and they knew that the fans were going to go apple fucking plectic about it. Yeah. And yes, it's shock fine. and surprise. Here I am. I'm a fan and I'm going apple fucking plectic about it because <laughs> they wrote matter. a shit movie. They wrote a shit movie. It doesn't matter because yeah. the, the number 007 could live with her. Who gives a fuck? Okay. It doesn't it's matter. It's a number. Right. We've already established it. It's just an agent number at that point. Right. James Bond, matter. he left. They had to replace him. You can't just retire the 007 
Correct. It goes to, it goes to somebody his, else. They're not, not hanging him. his fucking number from the rafters, you know? Yeah. <laughs> There's going to be another one that comes out. going to be another one. Yeah, not, we're not, not even pocket. We're, we're not retiring. We're not retiring him in the ring of honor here. Yeah. But maybe do the actress and the character justice and build exactly. it out a little bit. Yeah. There's, yes. no, there's no fucking character development whatsoever mm. for this person. No. No, it's ridiculous. Whether whether it was a, a dude, it could have been a white male new double seven, and right, if they were in the same role. It still would have been shit because you don't right. know anything about them. It's we we talked shit. we talked about this before. All the other double O's have sucked. Mm-hmm. Every I yes. feel like besides double O six and Alec Trevelyan, they've all mm-hmm. sucked. We hated them all, and they didn't do any better with this one. No, no, they did no justice here, and they were trying to spoon feed you the fact that oh, she was such a capable agent. We named her 007, and they didn't do any justice to it. Like no. every one of the leads she got from 007, and she showed up to Norway late, so clearly she can't drive that fast. So the only actual thing that she did was do donuts when they were driving on the airstrip to drive onto the C-17 to fly to the island. Like that's basically that, that, about it. And that was she cool didn't scene. dress as a clown though, so she's already had a something. <laughs> True. Right, right. True. She she was not dressed as a clown. Her flying True. that little uh, stealth jet was cool though. That was sure. probably the totally. that was the coolest part. That was the coolest part of her character. To me, anyways, I don't. Know. Yeah, the moped was something. And like they went back to his uh, golden Irish tree house and. He thought he was going to get some, and she's like, oh, wait, by the way, I'm an agent, blah, blah, blah. Right. There was potential there. I think the execution was poor, but. Right. I I did, I, I did not hate her. I I was okay with her personally, but. I, I mean, I didn't hate her. I just think they didn't do her justice at all. I think yeah, she look, could better. I think, better script, I think she could have really. Uh, yeah, look, I'm, I'm I am not 100 percent familiar with the actress, so you know, so she's bearing a lot of the brunt of this. But most of it is is just really poor writing and poor character mm-hmm. development. We've so she's bearing so full disclosure, she's bearing the brunt of that. So, right, you know, so she's you know, again, I've said this five times. She's a walking political statement for the sake of it when she didn't have to be. No fault of her own. She no, no. That that was just the writing, and and she could have been an integral part of this entire movie. Like the scene happens where you know Felix is murdered. You know, maybe she appears there because she's that great of a double O agent and helps them. But Felix still, you know, succumbs to his wounds in a better scene, more justified for a character like Felix, as opposed to. You know Daniel Craig letting him go like Jack and Rose and fucking Titanic. Yep. Like you, you could have just just that subtle moment alone could have established the fact that she's really good at being a double O and mm-hmm. gave Felix the type of justification that he deserves. Like that, that should, again, this is all just this is just simple subtlety that they just yep. they fucking missed because you know all they cared about was was rolling this fucking movie out and making money and the movie sucked. Movie fucking sucked. They should have had a shock a shock to swim out when. Felix is leaving the boat and have a shock rip Felix in half and pay homage to license to kill. I thought Felix should have died by a shock. Well, me as an or audience member, me as audience member, I'm seeing her work against James Bond and Felix. Of course, I'm going to root against her. I don't yeah. want her to succeed. I want Felix right. and Bond to succeed. He's so, in my six. Bond was CIA for the movie. Right. And mm-hmm. she's 
clearly working against him. And whether it be jealousy or whatever, because she holds the title to 007, she may not be able to live to what Bond did mm-hmm. in his legacy. And maybe, like, I guess, like, M may be holding something over her head that we don't see off screen. But, sure. like, it's it, me as an audience member, I root against her because she's working against yep. 007. So maybe yep. that has something that to do with Very valid point. So. Speaking of CIA, I did tweet halfway through Jack Wade's CIA to try and throw some of you off. I don't know if anybody's seen the. I saw it. I was a little upset. I was hoping that you would have thought <laughs> Jack Wade or maybe a sheriff. I was like, is, is, I thought when I saw Logan Nash, I thought he was Jack Wade. I was like, who is this douchebag? And I thought it was Jack Wade. Was, you got Jack Wade would never do you dirty. <laughs> he would never do it. Jack Wade. He's a loyal man. Muffin. And I, I thought there was a scene where you saw the the plane that I guess Nomi was driving. I was like, oh, is that Jack Wade? It wasn't Jack Wade. With the seaplane, I thought I thought Jack. Yeah. Wade. yeah, I thought the same thing. I'm gonna just. Uh, well, I'll agree with you. I do think that you know just the way that it was written, there was. You're, you, like you said, you're instantly rooting against Nomi because she's going up against Bond and right. CIA at that point. But the other part of it is you're not talking about the plot hole of like, why is M so against CIA at this point? Like they've been allies for so long. Right. Why all of a sudden are they not cooperating right. together? Why is, why is he anti-Felix at this point until Felix dies? And he's like, I actually liked Felix. Like, fuck and you, look, no. Like, and look, I alluded to it a little earlier. Like those scenes, you think that M might be kind of the bad guy. I think and, that, and and that was, you know, and that was really well done. But it's like we, you know, oh, you know, give we, us some detail. Why? Why is there yeah. the mistrust? Yeah. What's going on? We're we're five years removed from Spectre in the it's timeline like, of this movie, and then all of a sudden, you know, Bond comes back, and then we have a whole movie you know, in the land of pleasant living. And all of a sudden, like, you know, (laughs) we're sitting there talking about an invented, you know, bio DNA assassination weapon that we're just going to shoehorn in to make it work for this movie. Like, go back to some random line from from Casino or from another movie and, you know, and try to shoehorn that in instead and at least, you know, give it some level of continuity. We've had the same writers though for like 20 years now from fucking Die Another Day, Purvis and Wade. They had two hits with Casino and Skyfall, but everything else has been a f- complete miss. Now, in fairness, they did not have a hit in Casino. Casino, they had the book. All they had to do was adapt that from book to screenplay. So they get zero credit for Casino. They just, they get no credit for Casino. I'm sorry. Okay. Because Fleming gave that to everybody. Fair. Going, yeah, going, going back to you know, Skyfall, but the Bond hasn't been great since like 1997, besides Skyfall and Casino. Are there any books that have not been made into movies yet? I sure hope so. I don't know the answer to those questions. Yeah, that's a good question. There might be some short stories that we're not aware of, maybe. I don't know how to read or write, so. Yeah. I don't read books. Readings for rich people. I, I thought Ralph finds M was flirting with like the hateability of like Robert Brown's M and the mm-hmm. Dalton era for mm-hmm. those reasons they were talking Mike with like him maybe in the villain and him being yeah. so against CIA and against Bond mm-hmm. like where the fuck did this come from yeah mm-hmm. he, he is he, does he just hate Bond because like Bond called it quits yeah, all of the didn't... books 
you never hated been. Mallory beforehand, really. You you kind of no. like thought that Bond and Mallory were gonna get like on together, like as a, as yeah. a good partnership. Yep. But you never you never really thought that the two of them would be like button heads. It wasn't you know Bond fucking off and running away from you know. I forget who I forget what review it was, but I, I, one of the reviews that I I watch, you know, the of those in the in the Bond universe, we're talking about the end of Spectre, about the scene where it's you know Bond and Tanner and Money Penny and Mallory driving around London, and they refer to them as the Scooby Gang, and it still just <laughs> makes me laugh so much. <laughs> so I've never really been able to take them really that seriously because they were basically like, yeah, now they're driving around London like the Scooby Gang looking for looking for Blofeld. To be uh, honest, I completely forgot about Tanner until he popped up late in like the film. It was just like, oh yeah. shit, yeah, I forgot about that guy. He exists in the Craig era. Well, you know the you know the funny you know, you know what the funny part is though. So if you go back if you go back to Casino, the character that plays Tanner is actually the um, brother that gets locked up in um, Game of Thrones, the one who gets locked up in the uh, the the fish the fish family, who is supposed to marry the the family. Oh yeah. The original Tanner is a Game of Thrones Tanner. I love that. I love mm-hmm. that callback. I also okay. I said I said this to DJ after the movie because over Labor Day weekend I binged all the Harry Potters. So it's hard for me to watch Ralph Fiennes and not think of Lord Voldemort. Voldemort. <laughs> I was waiting for him to cast a spell on me during during this movie. <laughs> you never seen any of the Harry Potters before this? No, I've seen them all. Oh, okay. It's just I had just recently watched. Just watched them, so it. just watched just all. Just rewatched yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. That's so hilarious. every book has been made into a movie, and most short stories have been made into a movie, except something called the Hildebrand Rarity, Risco in 007 in New York, and that James Bond and the Sorcerer's Stone. Ooh, 007 <laughs> in New York. That'd be dope. That would be like Jason takes Manhattan. So that would be cool. I don't think I don't think it would go like it wouldn't be a good final destination. It would be like a a short scene somewhere where he's in fucking Manhattan. A brief tale in which Bond muses New York and his favorite recipe for scrambled eggs. He's on a quick mission mission to warm a female MI6 employee with a new boyfriend, a KGB agent. Living Daylights? Can I ask it? It is notable a fair humorous conclusion in a, men- in a mention for Solange. That's what? Solange was Casino Royale or was that Quantum? With Solange. What was her name? That was Casino Royale. She was licensed to kill. No, Solange was no. The, the, the smoke at the beginning of Casino. No? The, the, no, the, the, she was the one in the beginning of Skyfall. Oh, yeah, maybe. Shit. A young she died in Skyfall. We're terrible Bond fans. It just sounds like Supel can't read. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I no, this can is I, so fucking weird. She works well, in no. an Abercrombie and Finch store. Can I ask I, a real question, Supel? Are you yeah. reading this on Wikipedia? Yeah. Okay, so somebody probably just put that in there. Someone's she works at an Abercrombie. It's fucking weird. For, for real, though, give me a gritty Bond New York Scorsese movie. <laughs> this one works at an Abercrombie and Finch <laughs> Give me Bond in Boston with Mark Wahlberg and hey! <laughs> Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. God, I would never watch that movie ever. <laughs> I love that. I, re- I refuse to watch hilarious. any. I refuse to watch any movie where Ben Affleck has a 
has a Boston accent because I can't take it. The let crossover, let the crossover Affleck, you never knew you needed. Let him let him direct it. Let Affleck direct it. Affleck was the bomb in Phantoms, though. I can't wait for the World Series movie where they fucking crushed the Astros. Well, speaking of which, the uh, the fucking medieval movie that they were all in. I know, <laughs> the preview, preview with everybody with mullets. Yeah, Matt Damon <laughs> yeah. with a mullet, dude. <laughs> yeah. Fucking loved it. I'm going to see that movie for sure. He looks like 100%. Matt Damon with a mullet. It's, on, it, it's available for stream. He looks like Dog the Bounty Hunter. Yeah. Oh, it is? It's available it's to stream? Yeah, it's, it's straight to stream, yeah. Is it HBO Max? I think so. It was, it was fucking hilarious. I go, is that Matt Damon with a mullet? <laughs> Matt Damon. Oh, that's so good. So that's good. like uh, Matt, Matt Damon when he pops up in the Thor movies. Just yeah. see those. He's looking mm-hmm. hilarious. Dude, the best no, the best Matt Damon cameo is when he shows up in Eurotrip. No, no, no. Entourage. No. Entourage is good. Eurotrip is better. Eurotrip is the best. But isn't like the thing with Eurotrip? Was he like filming something else like randomly and they like... Yeah. He, he just, just walked up on the set and was like, yeah. hey, do you want to be in this movie? So they dressed him up as a punk rocker and put a fake thing <laughs> on him. And he was the guy that was hooking up with Scotty's girlfriend. Yeah. That is Scotty doesn't know. That was really good. That's one, that's one of the best. That's got to be one of the best cameos. Probably, yeah. Of probably. All time. Probably the best on film cameo. That one's Berlin? a great cameo. Berlin? You can't you can't consider any of the, like, the fucking dogma or any of those. Just, he had actual no. roles. <laughs> no, yeah. well, that those are really great cameos. And if you ever watch the original, um, it's like the 1989 or 1991 Robin Hood Prince of Thieves with Kevin Costner, where Alan, um, where Alan Rickman plays the, uh, the sheriff of Nottingham. One yes. phenomenal movie, phenomenal, so phenomenal, phenomenal movie. So the best Robin Hood. Hans oh, Bar- Kevin Bar- Costner no. is the best Robin Hood. He's best Robin yeah. Hood. What's yes. hilarious about it is better like, than Disney's Robin Hood. Is Morgan Agreed. Freeman? Morgan Freeman plays his Arab friend, which is hilarious. And at the very yes. end of the movie, when he is marrying, um, uh, what's her name? Like the the King of England shows up, and it's Sean Connery. Yeah, great cameo at the end. That was a great cameo. Sean Connery is the, as the King of England is a great cameo. But low key, David Chappelle and Ach- is Achu in Achoo. Robin Hood. <laughs> great, great so role. So good. So did good. Watch, did anyone watch Chappelle's new yes. stand up? Yes. It was so good. It's so, so good. good. So which, like, which oh one? God, which one of the one? I haven't watched it. Which which one? Because uh, he's getting canceled brand, for all. Brand of them. new so one on It's brand new. You gotta watch it. Okay. Brand new. I watched it he's, last night. Does not give a fuck at all. <laughs> he just like. He goes he's after everybody. And he's like, yeah, I'm okay with it. <laughs> all right. Well, he's like, this is my last one of these. All right. Well, let's, let's, do, let's, do, let's do this for a second. Okay. Pause. Guys, closing thoughts on the movie. Like I before said, we, Sean Connery. Before we wrap up, and then we'll, we'll post this before then we'll get back into our, our regular stream of putting our full reviews out. Before we get canceled, talking about Dave Chappelle. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to clip that out. but Well... <laughs> Sean Connery and Roger Moore are lucky, and I'll leave it at that. Listen, I, Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig solidified his spot as arguably the top Bond. I still have a soft spot for Connery, but like, I don't think any of these films miss as much as some of Connery's films did. I think as a Bond performance, Craig kept it at a high level. I think a few of them are. Like you said, my script writing was a little bad, but it was never Craig's fault. 
I think he he did a great job and he was he was a good reignition of Bond, I would say. So for that in itself, I think that catapults him over, you know, Roger Moore and Dalton and, you know, everyone else that we've talked about. I think he's he's one one B behind Connery's one A. I back you 100 percent in spirit of Casino Royale. I'm all in. Love it. You know, like Craig got some like he got a great cue. Um, a great Felix, probably my favorite Felix. We finally got like more Felix than what we did in like because since Casino Royale, we got a brief scene. I think what was it Inspector? Not yeah. Inspector or I can't remember. Inspector and Quantum like are the same movie to me pretty much. But anyways, like that's the most Felix we gotten. We were kind of spoiled with it, which we got more. Uh, probably the best Felix. Two great M's. He was lucky to have two M's because he had the Judy Dench in her farewell and yep. Raphael and his entry. Um, great, great music uh, with Casino Royale and Skyfall. Um, dude, like I like, I don't know. Um, I'll have to. I honestly haven't scored the Craig films yet, but he might be my favorite Bond. Look, we'll come back and we'll score it and, and we'll wrap it. We'll wrap it here. But I, I think the, the story of Craig's Bond is continuity in that Connery's movies were all standalone for the first time in this entire series. They wrote the Craig character as the same character for all of the movies. And we have never seen that before with Bond. Right. And that's why yes. the ending of him losing his life makes sense within the context of this five movie arc. I can yes. argue, I'll argue under the sun that it was not done well, but for this character, it makes all the sense in the world. You know, so so it, it, for me, it's hard to Good compare- it's hard, it's hard to compete. Like, thank you. It's hard to compare, um, you know, Connery and Craig because they're essentially, you know, it's almost two different characters at that point, you know, two different guys playing the same role, but it's two different things where Connery's are just one off and, and Craig's is, you know, kind of a, it's kind of a, you know, a 20 hour mini series, if you will. So, Absolutely. you know, I think that that's ultimately the tale here. And, you know, we can quibble about, political statements and modernizing bond for cancel culture and, and, and sure. all of those things. But, you know, arguably you probably had one of the greatest, you know, actors in terms of chops playing one of the most complex roles that is often, that is often viewed as, you know, just a simplistic, you know, to use an M terminology, you know, an antiquated misogynistic dinosaur where you have a guy that actually has, you know, huge depth of character and you know it takes an actor like daniel craig with daniel craig's skill to bring that out so you know so i think you saw that and you know this one's this one's going to take a lot of time for a lot of people to you know to age and you know we're going to drink on this one a number of times we'll see this one a few different times and you know our positions will change or they'll calcify but you know that's kind of the gut reaction coming out of no time to die so Welcome to the layer cake, son. Welcome to the layer cake, boys. I'm excited for uh, Knives Out 2. I love Oh, God. Oh, God. Shut the <laughs> fuck up. <laughs> <laughs>